Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie John, it's Natalie Dean. Yes, we're with Chatting with Nat, and today we have award-winning singer-songwriter, performer, Anne-Marie Priserno. Anne-Marie Priserno is a Grammy member, Americana Music Association member, and indie collaborative artist. She is a Josie Music Award winner for her hit song, Bonfire, along with being presented in 2019 and 2020, the Grand Royal Music Award, Holland Red Carpet 2020 Female Entertainer of the Year, and the 2019 LDM Radio Music Award. She has performed in theater, bands in every musical genre, comedy shows, film, radio, and television, and is a popular radio host on several specialty-featured radio stations. Her music videos are seen by millions on Bongo Boy TV and also on Rebel TV Productions, Roku, and Apple TV channels. She has topped numerous top 40 indie radio charts with her powerful voice and harmonies in country, rock, pop, blues, and American roots. Let's give a round of applause for Anne-Marie Priscilla. Love it. Thank you for having me on Blog Talk Radio. I can't stop looking like this after hearing that lady. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Natalie Jean. And, no, um, I had to have you. And I had to give you a round of applause because I want you to feel welcome and I want you to feel warm. I just bloody love it. It's marvelous. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, now, now, where did we meet? Did we did we first meet at one of the JMAs? I believe the very first time that I met you was at the Josie Music Awards in 2015. I believe was the very first one, and that was held. I want to the Gaylord Conference Center. Yeah. Right outside Opryland, and that was um, the very first one. And I believe that's when I first met you, and I believe I took your award-winning photo. Moving, uh, I don't remember the award you got, but I'm sure it was for Artist of the Year or something like that. And I remember taking photos of you. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that's when uh... That's when Bruce Lev was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. We we're both like a hundred now. But um yeah. So that's like uh six almost what is it, six JMAs ago. That's woo. That's a lot. Yeah, because this year is the seventh year. That's crazy. It's so crazy. It's amazing. Because when I think about it, um you know, not only social media, but the Josie Music Awards. And then another really important group to me, Indie Collaborative, I feel, has really opened up a lot of uh, op- not only opportunities, but meeting really like-minded people and quality musicians. And right. then, of course, we can get into details. Becoming a Grammy member for me three years ago was great. 
Um, and, you know, you really have to expand your reach, but there mm-hmm. are just incredible musicians out there. I realize that every day and great people that are really putting out quality work. And as far as independent artists, the independent artists that are Grammy members, I'm even more proud myself and for those artists because they did it themselves. And, you know, it really, when I went through the process in five, it definitely was a lot of work. And then I've referred some Mm -hmm. friends trying to become that didn't get accepted. So I realized how huge that really is as an independent artist um, to accomplish those things. So really besides Nashville, I'm in the heart of Nashville, but Mm -hmm. in reality, I feel like there's been more opportunities to those organizations that I just mentioned. Yeah. It's been interesting, uh, especially with the Grammys. I mean, you got in, to the recording academy at the great at a great time because right now I mean it is extremely extremely difficult to become a member. They have um, heightened their criteria. You have to have all these. I don't know if remember if they had the whole thing where you had to have the recommendation letters when you were, uh, applying. But um, yeah, let me think about that. I believe I had to put who referred me, mm. but that wasn't a requirement that somebody right. had to actually put a recommendation right. in at least the first year. But um, when I renewed, I still had to upload all my credentials, right. and I did include letters from um, other Grammy members, particularly voting members, just to show that support because I knew even on renewal I was seeing people that I saw post, you know, across groups of, they had been maybe a member 20 years and they had 50 albums and yet they did not get renewed. And so I, when I had to renew my first year and just recently last September for my third year, I made sure that I had letters of recommendation and just everything massive amount. Cause something that we can certainly talk about, um, is I've always just wanted to be recognized for the the quality of my music. Right. And I'm not much of a bragger, though I, you know, there's a difference of, um, of course, somebody's texting me now. Oh, it's Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) That's a funny story. Okay. Seriously, Ellen DeGeneres. um, to, To promote the radio stations that promote you, Right. And to say thanks, I've always said, you know, something instilled for me when writing letters to my grandparents as a kid. You know, we had to write um, thank you letters. It's something that always was instilled in me that if somebody does something kind to you, to, to be grateful and say thank you. Right. And not everybody does. Nope. And, you know, but of course I can't put 600 stations on my personal profile and on the opposite side of that is radio stations that complain that, oh, artists, they don't support and they're not in the chat room. And come on now, Taylor Swift does not sit in a chat room waiting for her song to be heard. <laughs> she knows what her song sounds like. She's on tour. Brad Paisley's on tour. And my thing with these radio stations as an indie artist being heard is 
I've definitely broadened my reach, and I, I do have a mail list of thousands of radio stations. I get great airplay, pretty well on charts, and I do try and share a lot of these stations, particularly the ones that first ever played me when I was just a little indie artist just learning how to get on radio. Right. But, um, you know, the radio stations need sponsors. They need listeners. It's not the artists in the chat room. But with all that said, um, some people might perceive that you brag if you say, hey, I'm on this chart or this station. For me, <laughs> I kind of use with some social media to help share these for other indie artists because behind the scenes, though I don't get paid as a business, I help a lot of people that I would call not underdogs, but I would call these people aren't quite as aggressive. You've got some people, they get everything that brag about everything and people buy it all, right? They believe what? it all, but maybe they're really not that great. I think I'm pretty darn great, but I don't brag a lot about it. I just kind of, I'm a teacher. I had great teachers when I went to college, and I like to help other people time in chat, explaining to somebody how to put metadata on an MP3 or yeah. how do I put this in stores and a lot of stuff that people don't know because I don't advertise it. It's private. I don't right. get paid for it, but I feel like good karma comes back to you. And yeah. people taught me what I know, and there have been some very kind and generous people that have helped me. So that's kind of my approach. But I do feel like this is the year for me to really broaden, you know, different uh, approaches that I'm going to take to my music to get heard to a much wider audience, if that makes any sense. And one is something that you helped me with. you know, you do, you were very successful with your video, The Letting Go, which is still cool. Uh, getting out there and getting accolades and being picked up in festivals. And I knew nothing about Film Freeway. Well, I've got about 10 entries for my music video, Colorblind, that I recently released this past year. And I can't announce the who or what where yet, but one... I have been accepted as an official entry, but I cannot announce till after summer. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, because that's going to be seen. I mean, I just think it's pretty amazing that you can make a music video and produce your music and record it and you put it in a video and someone in another country across the world might be sitting in a theater watching your music video. I just think that's yeah. very cool. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah, no. Whew. I remember when I was doing all the film freeways, there's so many of those to submit to, but when you do and you, you, you become a, a, you get nominated or they accept your entry or you become a finalist, it's great because it's a, it's a great way to market. Some people poo-poo on entering all these things, but I think the more people that can see or hear your work, the better. And I just use those things as marketing tools because it it just helps. It helps. And this industry is tough, as you all know, and we have to bust our asses all the time. So um, any avenue, I I try to do my thing, and I try to share um, everything with everybody. Um, 
so that they can have success. You know, no competition here. I'm just like you. I, I'm humble. I don't really talk about my awards unless I have to. Obviously, we're in the music business, and we have to share our stuff because we have to post on social media all the time. Um, because it's important. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's about the work for me. Um, and just, you know, being an effective player in life. Um, but how would you describe yeah. music? My music, and that's a toughie. <laughs> I'm definitely a multi-genre artist. Right. And to give you a little uh, background on where I came from. So started with guitar and piano as a child I played piano and I played guitar so I wrote a lot of songs mainly on guitar um, and ended up after singing in high school choir and learning a lot about music theory everything I know as far as sight reading writing music and theory which was excellent to harmonies and really just really loved it all uh, went off to college, and because I liked all these things, acting, singing, dancing, music, writing, I was a musical theater major, and I went into college, and I, I mean, for, they made you audition. The first thing, you had to audition for all the shows that include cartwheels across the stage and ballet and pirouettes, and I had no dance training, so my musical theater background, everything was from dialects to singing, classical, Broadway belt, to voice and diction, to acting, to being music composition, air training. And so all those things was my early years of really going into the professional realm. And because right. I had that Broadway background, I learned how to sing in the different styles because um, my teacher, and I have to mention her, Jan Sullivan, I think she also uh, created the music theater department at Brigham Young, wrote a book. I mean, she had fiber optics in her student movie, filming their vocal cords to show good cheek technique, bad technique, vocal nodes, how when you sang classical, your folds of your larynx and your, your vocal folds were producing differently than, say, if you were singing Broadway belts and singing High Whitney Houston or Celine Dion. Right. And um, I was just totally fascinated. So I learned a lot of different styles, including opera. But I love the belting because I always, when I was a kid, I might have sang too deep, too low, and then I learned how to change my vowels and learn these different styles because they would have you actually study and mark your music. Okay, this is chest voice and this is belt and this is soul and this is like a legit. And so you learned how to be in control of your voice. Because so many people sing and you might hear somebody sing and then they go for a note and they flip or they go somewhere, but they're not in control of their voice. Then you hear somebody sing and it's like, dying, you know, they did this, they did that. And it's understanding how you physically can produce it. Right. So with that said, my styles of music have grown and changed through the years. I w if I listen to recordings from, say, 10 years ago, they were very theatrical because I was so influenced by Jennifer Holliday, Dean Girls on Broadway, and I was so influenced by the theater shows and all those things. 
um, then I got into writing my originals. And at one point, um, when I first started professionally producing, I did have a pop rock EP, and that was definitely belt and soul from all those uh, trainings. But then I said, I'm going to get back. What's the basics? Well, I started on a guitar. So my early songs as an independent artist in the American roots, I guess you would call it, because it's a mix of country, mm-hmm. pop, blues, rock, I, I did on a guitar. And those were the early songs like Rain and I Don't Know What Love Is and Bonfire. And then, you know, I'm like, you know, this is almost too easy to sing. And that's how I always felt because I like vocal challenges. So I started putting out more of a mix of, say, pop country and Money Pain was blues and had that soul and discount tobacco and beer. Uh, started off maybe as Southern Rock and got into a Janis Joplin scat at the end with a really high belt and even a, a rock scream. And I decided, you know what, I can't really keep an exact genre because I like to sing what I want to sing based on exactly. about the story I'm telling and the emotion I'm feeling. And just like, and this is why I just told this whole long story <laughs> in theater, when you look at acting, mm-hmm. you play a character and you're not that character. You're not that person on stage. You are going to think about, well, this actress, how does she walk? How does she, that character, how does she drink? How does she bat her eyes? How does she point at somebody? Uh, all these character traits they had. And so I, where I'm at now as a performer is not only the genre of the song might be determined by what am I writing about, but who is singing the song. Because maybe it's not just me singing the song. I'm singing it from the perspective of a character. And mm. that's where I'm at now with my writing. So American Roots is a pretty generic classification, but that includes pop, rock, country, and blues for the most part in the history. Um, so there you go. Multi-genre. <laughs> Whatever I feel. So. I mean, uh, what I like is, you know, you and I obviously both do multi-genre. Um, just like you, um, people would say, well, what's your genre? I said, well, um, I do it all. And they say, no, what's your genre? Because people just want you to stick to a specific genre. And I'm like, well, I'm a, I ended up saying I'm an artist I create. And uh, and I, I don't think we should pigeonhole ourselves into one genre. But like you, I do. Now I say Americana because Americana at least allows us to do many genres because there's so many genres under that one subset, under that one genre. So, and, and I do exactly. like that. Um, because, and the thing is with us, we're versatile and our music can, uh, you know, get into sync, licensing. And so, I mean, look, if you're good at one genre, then I think a person should stick at that. But if you can do multiple genres, I would suggest people do it because it allows you to work in so many different facets of the music industry. It just gives you a vast arena of places that you can just work and you can try to make music, um, try to make money because let's let's be real. We're not making money streaming with half a penny on Spotify and stuff like that. 
And, you know, I've learned, especially throughout the pandemic, that sync and licensing is where it is. And by the way, I did send you the email with some of the, uh, uh, the music supervisors and stuff like that. Um, oh, so yeah. Should, I did yeah. get that, and thank you. Yeah, you know, you it's true. Um, as an indie, well, let's put it this way, multi-genre, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing different styles. However, people do want to pigeonhole you. Sometimes it might limit opportunities, like if you go to certain award show entries or songwriting competitions, the genres are very narrow. Even when you want go to put your music in stores, yeah. sometimes the categories, like, that doesn't fit my song. The perfect example is the most recent song I wrote, Just Be Kind. That mm-hmm. song I wrestled with for months because Bob um, is such a great, producer and we really talk about the sounds and the instruments and I told him I'm trying to remember we talked about everything from Evanescence to um, the Cranberry Zombie we were talking about sounds because I know I will never try to sound like anybody but we were talking about music sounds as far as is the guitar dirty is it a clean, is it a, you know, and the sounds of the different instruments that were going to kind of flavor the mood. But the song actually was going to start off like kind of like a Celtic. Celtic is kind of like a foreign country sound, like right? Celtic. With the verse, and then we were going to build it into the rock before the end of the song as a symphony. Right. And... So that took a while with layering because we've got the basic track, good, but I don't want all that bass in the beginning. I just want to hear keyboard, and I want to hear layers, and then we start building into it like a meatloaf, (laughs) you know. And when I think about meatloaf, he might be one example. When you think about Freddie Prince, Bohemian Rhapsody, are they thinking, (laughs) oh, this has got to be the ideal pop rock song or this. No, they were making a creation. So definitely just be kind is like one of those creations that I knew different sounds and effects I wanted to. And as it builds, it keeps changing, changing. So it starts. And if if you sent this to a radio station and they only listen to the first couple lines of the first, first, oh, that's country, little rock station. But as the song goes, then you hear this awesome guitar solo, and it rocks out. And I'm guessing that's kind of how I like to write my songs. I usually start simple. So right. if it's not rock and it's going to end up being pop, though, it still might start with simple layers of vocals and instruments, and then I'm going to build it. And I usually like to have some uh, recurring melodic themes or two or three other different vocal lines that will be introduced in the Uh verses and chorus, and then by the end of the song, they all incorporate together. So um, multi-genre, when you start writing like that, if people want to label you either at first listen or because your last song was country or your last song was (laughs) jazz or just... I kind of like now at this point, it just takes a little longer to get recognized, but you get to the point where a radio DJ is like, I can't wait to see what you do next because they don't know what you're going to do next. And that's great. And then as an indie, I feel a certain 
sense of power, meaning I'm going to put out what I want to put out. I'm indie. I'm not making millions of dollars yet. (laughs) If I want to write all countries, and the same thing here in Nashville, I mean, I can sing Patsy Cline. I love Patsy Cline, but I actually find those songs too vocally easy for me to sing. And a lot of country is too easy for me. And I'm not talking the new country and country that we hear that sounds really like pop and pop rock because that's not country, but traditional country. Um, and I'm right here in the heart of Nashville. You know, we got bands and fabulous musicians all through Nashville. And I hear all the country and I can sing the standards. Um, right. But vocally, I do kind of like to bring my vocals and my music to some sort of I guess higher excitement before the song's over, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Now we're going to play your song "Colorblind." So tell our audience what that song is about. Now this song, a lot of people think it's about race discrimination, mm-hmm. but in a much broader sense, it's more about judging and it's more about just discriminating simply because someone's different. But it's Mm -hmm. not just the color of somebody's skin, because when we talk about colors in the song, it's actually written in metaphors about what is your human character. So what color of kind are you? Are you Mm -hmm. a kind person? You know, what color of love? And it's also implying, have you made history, meaning have your actions of what your character is made any impact in history or are you just kind of bumbling along and putting labels on everything mm. um you know unity what color of peace are you and basically what's the color really the character is it good or bad of your heart and mind so a lot of people might take it at face value that it's either about race or this or that but it's much deeper than that because you, we all know, we can meet a person that is the most beautiful, aesthetically mm-hmm. outward appearance, beautiful person, no matter what nationality they are, and they're an ugly person. Right, or you yeah. can meet a person that you think is very average looking, and then as you get to know them, you say, wow, that person's so beautiful. And it's all because of what's inside their heart, their mind, and their character. Amen to that. All right. We're going to have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll play the song. Hi, it's Jordan. And Madison. And we're Jay Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B-Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify. What 
colorblind, I wanted to have all these artists on the song. And then this was done and written during COVID. And so everything changed, of course, because so many people couldn't get together. Unless you maybe did remote. But um, I really like working hands-on with people. I love going in the studio hands-on with Bob. And I like working with people in person. I just think you can discuss emotions and have that feeling of creating together. So there's nothing wrong against remote. A lot of people, a lot of indies really went to bat and really put out some awesome music where we were in different states and countries and, you know, recorded. But that's how I kind of prefer to work. So then I just kept persevering and it became somewhat of a challenging, ugly year and just be kind. You saw everybody arguing about the election. You saw everybody arguing about COVID and all the conspiracy theories and just people in general being very rude and nasty to each other. And it's no secret. I mean, I might not talk about it a lot across Facebook, but I battled depression. I, right. I, I had a terrible childhood. That's why children are born innocent and things of that nature. Right. Is always and some themes in a lot of my songs um, because I had to really battle to live and to move forward and leave my past behind. So forward a little bit to, I had a boyfriend in 2004 and for a number of reasons when we first dated, um, you know, I really liked him. But we were dating, you know, we had just met, dating different people. Well, he chose somebody else, which is okay. We we remained friends. And then when he became interested in me again, because he got dumped because he chose the wrong girl, of course, I had a fiancé. So then we were still friends. And then when my marriage or engagement did not work out, um, then we dated a third time. But in my mind, as far as really asking myself, why wasn't I happy or what did I need to do? And that was to move to Nashville because I wanted to be in a creative place, write more music. I was in Florida for over 20 years singing in cover bands. And I felt like I was losing my voice and and that inner creativity of me doing what I do best. So Nashville was where I ended up. So I remember we went to dinner and I let him know I was living in Nashville And, of course, we were still friends, and he was one of my biggest supporters. He was somebody that wasn't on Facebook. Well, he he created a profile years later just so he could follow me and some friends. But he was a school teacher, and he was a writer. And I always loved him, and he was very handsome. But we went to dinner that night, and he said he had a twin brother, believe it or not, that was getting married, and he said he was losing his best friend. And his parents were in a nursing home and that once they passed he was done and I said well what do you mean by that and all he did was raise his eyebrows I said you don't you just raise his eyebrows and so the topic of suicide was never really mentioned but he made it clear that as a school teacher and he taught junior high he was so sick of the violence in the world he was so sick of fighting and anger that he felt like the bond of family and just goodness and things had been lost in the world. He lost faith in the world. But I also feel he didn't believe in God. 
Um, and he'd had enough. He just had had enough. And that was 2012. So I moved to Nashville. And around 2018 is when I had my accident. And we emailed each other because he wasn't willing to talk on the phone a lot. And believe it or not, he was great to hang out in person. But he wanted real connections. And that's what it's about is he didn't want all the electronic media. He didn't want the emoticons and all this electronic tech stuff. And he wanted real connections. And he had lost the connection, basically. So we uh, emailed, and I have thousands and thousands of letters from him. But when I got in my accident, mm-hmm. somehow I stopped um, emailing with him, but I didn't realize it until I looked back in my email history and went, oh, my gosh, we haven't talked in like eight months. But he was mm-hmm. always a supporter, sent me money when I was in the hospital. and But I was going through my own challenges, and that's right. what happens. People forget to reach out. They forget in this world of all this social media, me, me stuff, and if you're indie artist or anybody that's out there trying to get followings with all this social media stuff, that to pick up the phone, to ask somebody how are they, to talk it out if they have a difference in opinion. And I've always been a peacemaker. So I was at work. And on my break, I think I was looking at Facebook and thought, I have not, I need to call him and let him know I survived the surgery and got through what I needed and touched base and peace and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? And messaged, I want to say the wife of his brother, who I did not know. I never met her. I just know he was very sad that his brother was wrapped up in getting married. It probably felt like a betrayal because that was his twin brother. Right. And things changed because she was maybe somewhat of an uppity person. And her message to me was, well, there was nothing that anybody could have done. Mm. You know, he had this, and I'm thinking, yes, there is. And I thought she was very rude and very apathetic and not like, oh, wow, it's a terrible thing. How are you related? Because I said, hey, we dated. I've known it for 15-something years, whatever, right? No compassion, no, it was just very cold. And I thought, oh, my God, I can see why he wanted to leave this world. And I know that I don't believe in suicide, though, uh, has, there's been attempts in my family. So it's a very difficult thing to know when somebody is deeply troubled. Uh But I think the end result is that usually that person is very lost, lonely. Now, if they're under the influence of drugs or alcohol, then their judgment, it, it can be much easier to maybe, you know, harm themselves. But if friends, family, even a total stranger took the time sometimes to reach out to somebody and really talk to them, I think they can see hope. Because as far as our family that family members that tried more than once um, is now very happy years later and married and, you know, has found peace and and happiness. 
So it's just a different outlook. And if somebody's stuck in their own mind and their own outlook, then that takes an outside party to care. But everybody's so narcissistic in these days with social media. Um, everybody's so into themselves and the attention they can get to themselves, they forget to reach out. So Just Be Kind got born where I pretty much write about this, and it was somewhat from his perspective and the verses. Uh-huh. And it, it's an angry song, too. I mean, you know, it's talking the world is crying, people are dying, you know, and then it always leads back to that just be kind, which is kind of like a plea, but it's also the most simplistic message of the song because just like if you threw a ball against the wall with incredible force, well, that ball can bounce back right Right. in the face, right? So we have to decide when we get angry and stuff, are we going to react? And, you know, I'm not much in the martial arts, me, I don't do it, but the whole martial arts philosophy, no matter what you study, is uh-huh. that you can deflect a huge force. You can step aside. It's not backing right. down. It's not as far as being silent, not standing up, but sometimes either moving with the force or deflecting or stepping away from the force would have a different result than if you hit the force head on. So kindness, I mean, there's so many organizations out there about kindness when I started doing research on this. And, you know, how people need to be lifted up and motivated. It could be something as simple as a cartoon or a meme to a phrase, a word, and then, of course, human physical kindness. It's something I think everybody everybody needs to survive. And that's how this song was written and became starts off as a simple ballad and even one rock station that played it. Oh, it's a piano ballad. And then as a song, oh, it's a rock, a rock. <laughs> and it was cool here in the because it builds, but it does have anger, it does have angst and pain, but it always goes back to that central message: just be kind. Just be kind. All right, here we go. Different colors, points of view Have evil made it much too late When we meet God and hate Him too We never know what someone's been through Can judgment come or walk away? Can our hearts and hands lift up broken souls?
Congratulations to you on that one. Thank you so much. Like I said, the verses are maybe my friend talking about his frustration, but as we get to that guitar solo by the end of the song, and Bob did such a great job, uh, that's me crying at the end. I, I The O's is the funeral procession. And right. Really didn't get to say goodbye to my friend. Right. I don't know that he's buried based on that conversation, and I'm here in Nashville, and um, there was only one other friend that I knew that knew him who dated a school teacher that worked with my friend and um, didn't know where he was buried. So that's definitely me crying at the end of the song. Oh. And, um, you know, if you didn't know the backstory to it as far <laughs> as someone dear to me committing suicide, you still would think the song's about just kindness and the right. world being messed up the way it is. What what is it that what do you love most about being an artist? 
Well, definitely saying you don't give a crap about what anybody thinks. I think I'm at that point with everything we've talked about so far. Yeah. But I'm at that point now because I've traveled and done so many different things, bands, theater, comedy, then songwriting, and here in Nashville. And even in Nashville, I don't feel like I have to do country. You know, we got a strong blues. We've got strong rock scene, all those things. Um, and songwriting and publishing, but I'm at that point now, and Colorblind was a video that I did that demonstrated that, that I used some of my theatrical background. I put on different costumes and showed what I wanted about that song because they were different characters. Um, Just Be Kind, I'm having trouble doing the video because of topic of what it's about wondering should it be should I be showing positive visual imagery against the sadness of the song should I show the story of my friend should I you know and so I've been wrestling with it I did ask for a lot of people to send in their video clips talking about kindness that I'll probably put at the end of the music video so it's going to be ultra long because I got a lot of submissions but they all said such wonderful things about either how they engaged in an act of kindness or somebody did kindness for them that touched their lives. And that's the important part of the message. So as an artist, um, I'm starting to get out into Nashville and I'm doing a show June 30th at the Texas Troubadour Theater. And no one's going to expect what I'm going to do. Uh, but I'm relying on my theatrical comedy background and a little bit of costuming, and I'm going to put on a show. I'm not just going to stand there and sing. Um, (laughs) I want people to see all the different skills and all the different things that I've been adding and accumulating in my artistic performer journey Right through the years, because if you don't build on it, you're, you can't call yourself an entertainer. And I am an entertainer. And my goal this year, of course, is to do more live mm-hmm. and to do more videos, um, because I feel that as a visual artist, I have a lot more to offer that people haven't seen. For a while there, I focused on, you know, do, being, a, I guess, a studio artists and singing and putting in all the emotion and the voice but now I want everybody to see more so the beauty of being an indie independent and multi-genre and having all this background is I can do whatever I want really and I want to I want to show a lot of different things in a performance amen I hear you I hear you what is one of the great yeah there's some great People that yeah. influenced us that did exactly that, right? The greats. The greatest yeah. of the greats. Yeah, you got to be you, do your thing. You can't worry about what people think. What is one quote you like to live by? Hmm. Well, I know Just Be Kind is my most recent song. Right. Um, I don't have to remind myself of that. I really do. So that is one that I constantly think of. And way back when I wrote Thank You, saying thank you, because that song was the gospel song. And um, it's learning, you know, appreciate what you have 
what you have and the simple things. Thank you for the food I had to eat, the bed I had to mm-hmm. sleep, and the breath I have today. Because, um, you know, we can talk about being an indie artist, but even people in general, everybody's problems seem insurmountable to themselves because that's their problem. We can never discredit what somebody else feels because in their mind it's very valid and we all have our own history stories pain angst and things we all have to work through so be kind and be thankful as things that i remind myself that the, the song thank you came out of my daily reminder every morning going to work and saying thank you you know in my head as I was going to a job I hated, (laughs) you know, doing something that maybe I didn't want to do or that made me sad. Well, you know, thank you. I had food today. Thank you. I had a place to sleep. Right. You know, thank you for my friends. You bless my family. And I kept saying this every morning as I was struggling through whatever darkness I was going through. And so I said, you know, I need to write that down. I need to make it a song. So those Slogans usually in these personal songs, because I've written fun ones too, are usually my daily little mantra that I have to remind myself. And I had an experience in a grocery store just a couple days ago where this lady was screaming at her kids. And every aisle I went to to go find something, there the lady was again. And she was just so rude and nasty. And I think, oh my gosh, she's not kind at all. And she put me in such a bad mood. I, she was like one line in front of me. There were only two lines. So I got out of that line. I didn't want to behind, be behind all that negative energy and went to the longest line, the only other line. could still hear this lady screaming in the checkout line at her kids and stuff. And when I went out to the parking lot, somebody came up to ask for money. And my grocery store is notorious for a lot of people just scamming. And I was kind of short and curt with the person. And then I was almost in tears. Well, because I said no, and I'm just trying to get to my car safely. But they followed me, and then I got mad. So then I'm almost in tears as I'm driving home, because I'm thinking, here I wrote this freaking song called Just Be Kind, and I couldn't even be nice. (laughs) So basically the things I write are sometimes things that I I don't consider myself perfect in any sense, but they're to remind me, they're to remind me of how I'd like to be and what I'd like to grow to the same goes as being an entertainer. I'll put myself out there and put it out there for everybody to see. And I'm kind of excited because this year people will see me more live and we'll see more videos and that's the goal. And when I say I'm going to do it, I do it. So, um, and I can't care really about awards or charts or anything because it needs to be, from something within myself that makes me happy. And I'm right. finally at that point where it's like, I can't care about, is this going to win an award or be top 40? I need to write about what's inside of me. And that's what's going to make my music original and unique. And I think that's what people like, but I need to work on broadening my audience. So that means I'm going to have to get off the safe ledge of being studio recording and radio and on the internet and get out in person and put it out there, you know, in front of a live audience. Amen. That's the way to do it. Now we're going to try to play colorblind one more time. Let's, let's hit it. Let's see what happens here.
What color of kind are you? What color of love? What history have you written? Are you proud of love?
Free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.